Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome, folks, to the Freshwater Bite Podcast, your source for everything freshwater fishing. I'm your host, Lee Kleino, and on this podcast, you will hear from diehard anglers like yourself, the backstories of those anglers, techniques they use, gear reviews, and everything in between. So if you like fishing, turn it up, because this episode's about to kick off right now. Woo, she's getting hot, folks. She's getting real hot. It's summertime. We're in the dog days of summer. The 4th of July weekend just passed. I hope you guys were able to enjoy your 4th of July weekend, maybe get some fishing in, hang out with friends and family. I know I did. It was great to uh, to get up north and get away for a little while and spend some time with the kids fishing. My Both my daughters wanted to go fishing, so I took them to a little bluegill spot and let them you know, catch bluegills one after another and Man, they had a really good time doing it. And I think my oldest daughter at one point asked if she could just stay out there for 10 hours and fish, which was music to my ears. And uh, yeah, super stoked to hear her say that. But anyways, on this podcast episode, I am joined by fellow podcaster, Doug Glimmerveen. Doug and I like to try to get together at least one time a year to do a podcast together to catch up on what's going on. We talk fishing, we talk um, local bass tournament fishing. And we also start to talk about just podcasting in general, what we've been up to, how the podcasts have been doing for us, um, you know, a little bit of just, I guess you could call it podcast industry talk if you, hopefully we don't bore you too much with that, but Doug's a great dude. He's got two podcasts now, um, kind of combined into one. one. It's called the Smackdown Outdoors podcast and also Make Fish Famous podcast. He kind of combined both of them, but He's a great teacher, and uh, he um, loves to teach folks how to fish and uh, talks everything outdoors just in general. And if you haven't checked him out yet, make sure you check his podcast out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. And uh, we also talk about his new venture on Waypoint TV. So let's give it up for Doug. All right. I want to welcome Doug Glimmerveen to the podcast. Uh, Doug, welcome. Hello. Hello. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. It's, uh, weather's taking a turn for a little better. So, you know, it's not no longer a thousand degrees out. So <laughs> I've been able to catch up on some sleep and, and, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not too bad. What do you melt in the humid weather or what? No, it's just hot, you know, and I can't sleep well when it's hot and our bedroom's on the second floor. So that never gets enough, you know, oh, the air yeah. conditioner never reaches up there totally. So it's been, it's been rough lately, but no, we're good. No. What, what's your, uh, so what's your 4th of July day plans or weekend plans? Fish, fish, and fish. Where? I got a, okay. I got a tournament, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend and we can't pre-fish Saturday and then I have to work Friday. So I'm fishing all three days, uh, this weekend and then my partner will be out there and then he'll fish probably Friday, some Thursday, maybe, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's about the only chance I'll be able to get to fish, uh, for this one. Well, it's on knife, it's you, on knife Lake. Knife Lake. Okay. You were getting into this last year, right? Like this last year was like your first year of doing the, like you, you were trying to take it to the next level or take it a little bit more seriously. Is that correct? Well, I started, I used to fish in the aim weekend walleye series, right. uh, fished that for three years took a year off and then I've I've always been a bass fishing guy more than a, a walleye guy. Like I didn't even fish walleyes really before I started fishing the tournaments. So I decided, you know, I took a year off after the walleye and I'm like, you know what? I need the competition and I like bass and there's plenty of little bass leagues all over the state of Minnesota, so I just decided to join the uh the greenhorn bass tour and see how i would do and i and i fished it solo it's a you can fish it it's a typically people fish it teams you know team of two but i just wanted to fish it solo just to kind of see how good i was you know am i actually a, a decent bass fisherman or not so i fished it solo i did okay i took 12th overall 
uh, for team of the year and took fourth in one, one tournament. Um, and then I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do this year. And then I got a message from, uh, my partner this year, Clay, and he actually fished at solo too. And he's like, Hey, you know, you signed up for anything yet? And I said, no. Well, do you want to fish it together? It took me about 10 seconds and I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) How has that been for you fishing it with somebody? Um, it's definitely been different because there's somebody else there that also has a say, you know, and has, you know, uh, thoughts and different ways to fish and this and that and the other. It's not bad. I do enjoy it. Uh, We work well together as a team. Basically, if one person goes, hey, I'm not digging this. Let's do the next thing. It's like, okay, cool. You know, if it's not working, we just kind of go, you know, we're really meshing well, which I was nervous about going into the first tournament because we hadn't spent any time in the boat until we fished the tournament. And it was, we talked on the phone and stuff, you know, this, that, and the other, and about spots and what we'd seen during pre-fish. And we hopped in the boat and it was point A, point B, point C, point D. And, and anytime we needed to make a decision, uh, it was, Hey, what do you think? Okay, cool. What do you think? Hey, cool. Let's do it. So it's worked out well. Yeah. But it's definitely different because you, you know, when you're fishing solo, you have to make all the decisions. It's all on you. So there's a thousand things running through your head. What about here? What about there? What about here? What about there? Or this technique, that technique, this technique, that technique, where if you're fishing with somebody else, you come up with a game plan of what did you see here? What did you see there? And you just hit the best spots and work your way down. And then techniques, well, you got two guys, whatever one guy decides to throw, somebody else throws something different. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I was like, it's nice to have someone else, you know, with a different perspective in the boat to be like, hey, you know, you're doing drop shotting, you know, I'm going to throw, you know, whatever, uh, you know, a swim jig or something like that and to see mm-hmm. to see what they're biting on. It's just, you know, and then obviously you guys can hone in on whatever program is working. Yep. Yeah, and then we took second in that first tournament. We took ninth in this last one. Just couldn't get any real big ones to go. We didn't really get a good kicker. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Can't, can't win them all. Yeah. I know. I liked your post on the second one. The one you guys got second place, you said, I still don't like river fishing. <laughs> I hate fishing rivers. Why? I just don't fish them. I mean, that's my whole thing is I just don't fish them. I've never really fished them. Uh, so I just don't, I don't know. I mean, but didn't that feel good to that, take second on the, on a place that you don't like to fish or a type of body of water that you don't like to fish? Yeah, it does. But I still, you know, it's like I'm a golfer. So, the wind can be blowing 40 miles an hour. I still do well in the wind. Like I can golf really well in the wind, but right. I still hate golfing in the wind. Right. So yeah, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. Now I can't say that I, at least I can't say that I don't do well on rivers. <laughs> you know, I still might not like it, but it, you know, I, I did well. So what have you weren't learned from fishing on rivers versus open waters when it comes to finding where the bass are uh, and or types of bait that you throw? Well, we basically threw jerk baits and drop shots. Uh, I think we might've caught one on a jig, one or two on a jig. Um, the techniques are about the same really. I mean, they really were. And really the spots that we fished, a couple, one spot was just a point that came out. The other spot was a flat with some structure on it. Um, the, the one spot we did have, it was a very, very, very tight bank. Okay. Where, I mean, you throw it almost to the edge of the water, drag it, and four feet later, it drops straight down. I mean, you're, you're 12 feet from the edge of the water and your boat's over 20, mm-hmm. you know? So that's not exactly like a lake. There's not many lakes like that, but I mean, it's, it's, there's that body of water fished more like a lake than most rivers. Okay. So there wasn't a ton of current. Um, we actually had the wind going opposite of the current. So that actually cut it down even more. So 
it wasn't it wasn't like a rip and roaring river where you know you got to actually think about water levels and this and that. It was down, which kind of helped because that took a you know the fish were even tighter to the banks because um, I didn't have a whole bunch of flat. You know, right. if the water was up, they would have had more area to to roam around up top. But yeah, I mean, it's just it was just it was different. But at the same time, you look for structure, and fish are probably going to be there. You know, I growing up, and, and especially like when I didn't have a boat, I was I lived in um, Ohio for a few years for work and things like that. And I didn't have a boat, but I tell you what, the one thing that helped me pass the time was fishing rivers, and I learned to fish um, different areas of the Maumee River. Uh, you know, basically more towards Lake Erie would, you know, I'd, I'd always hit the walleye run that would happen there. But then as summer like progressed and I got into spring and things like that, and I worked my way up river. So heading more West, I really enjoyed learning how to catch like smallmouth. Um, you know, that was, that was a, that was a blast to figure that out. And that's something that I had never done before, but you know, it is such a great fishery. And it's something that heats up, I think, as summer goes on. So as the w- temperatures get warmer and warmer and warmer, and if there's less rainfall, it narrows those fish down in the river. But the the smallmouth come in there, and you can really figure out where they like to hide, how the river reacts to different you know, swings and temperatures and things like that. And you can catch some monster smallmouth that time of year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it's funny because like, I'm not a huge smallmouth guy. Yeah. I don't go target them a lot. But that was like all that tournament was. Oh, dude, I love smallmouth. <laughs> love them. It was crazy. It was like ninety percent uh, large uh, smallmouth. We did we weighed one largemouth, um, but yeah, it was mainly just smallmouth. And it was kind of strange that they. I mean, they were biting everything that we threw at them. It was just trying to get the big ones. So oh, that's cool. So mm-hmm. you know, just give everybody a quick introduction of you know, just in case they don't know who you are and uh, you know what podcast you have. Just kind of give everybody a brief introduction. Yeah, uh, like you said, my name's Doug Glimmerveen, and I own Smackdown Outdoors. I've got two podcasts uh, on that. You just search Smackdown Outdoors in your podcast players. Uh, I've got the Smackdown Outdoors podcast, and then I do. Eh, it's kind of a when I can find somebody in a subject I want to talk about. Uh, also, make fish famous uh, podcast. It's all on the same same channel. So Tuesday nights, six p.m. Central Standard Time. I stream them live to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, uh, so you can watch it. Come on out, comment, and all that good stuff. We just talk all sorts of outdoor stuff, from fishing to hunting, uh, trapping falconry i've had authors on there state senators talking about lake malax which is always a fun topic um but yeah it's just all outdoors it's heavy 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 fishing but i try to mix in every once in a while like last night i i talked hunting uh you know and and whatnot so you know it's just me and whoever i can get on basically I, i don't really search out big giant names in the industry i'd kind of almost much rather talk to you know mid-level guys and and whatnot because they're real people that can say what they want and you know sit down and have a really good conversation where if you get somebody really 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 high level high level they gotta kind of watch what they say and you know stuff like that so but uh yeah no you can just find it pretty much anywhere just check out smackdownoutdoors.com too how is the uh the live portion of it going you've been doing it a little over a year now how you been liking that uh, yeah, I've been, shit, I think it's been almost a year and a half now, if not almost two. Uh, I, I, it's a learning, it was a learning curve, figuring out the equipment and this and that and programs and stuff. But I do like it because you get people asking questions and comment right. and, and stuff. And you never really know what might happen. I've had it a couple times where... We're talking to some, you know, I'm talking to somebody and somebody in the chat saying something. And next thing you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to send you the link. Come join us. And they join us virtually. Like uh, we were just uh, two weeks ago. I, was, I had two guys in studio, Evan Rosemore, Chris Messerschmidt. I had one guy, Heath uh, Hagedorn. He was joining us virtually. So there's four of us. And next thing you know, we got Russell Gahagan, which if you guys ever watched the head to head fishing, he's one one of the uh, one of the guys there, and he's he's commenting that he's out fishing Lake Michigan r- while he's 
you know, while we're live. Wisconsin side? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're fishing Lake Michigan, and he comments, he's like, yeah, we got a big king salmon on the line right now. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, hey, Heath, you know him, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, send him the links. You know, I'm like, you do you want to join us, Russell? And he commented yes, and I'm yelling at Heath going, send him the link. And next thing you know, here he is as they're reeling in this fish. Uh, he's giving us knowledge, showing us, you know, t- talking about the rods and the reels and all this stuff. And it was about nine, 10 minutes and they pulled in a 20 pound King salmon live on the show. That's like Michigan for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. So you never know what it might happen, you know, when, when you're live and the good, the bad, I haven't had a whole lot of bad going on other than a few technical issues, but nothing that's like, oh crap, we got to, you know, blur something out or quick end it or something like that. You know, I don't know if I've ever asked you this before, but what got you in the podcasting to start? Uh, I am a failed YouTube TV guy. Uh, I've tried the YouTube thing in the past and it just didn't work out. Same thing with the TV deals. Um, And I've always wanted to teach people stuff. Like that's the only reason that I'm in the outdoor industry is that I want to teach people, you know, how to hunt, how to fish, you know, how to do all sorts of stuff. And I was listening to podcasts for a while and I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do one. You know, I started kind of thinking more and more and more about it. And then I just bought a microphone and started talking into it for a while, getting comfortable with a microphone, which I didn't have that big of an issue with. And I just started booking guests and yeah, 200 episodes later and I don't know, two and a half years. So yeah, that's, that's how I started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You know, it's, it's been really good to see more and more people, especially in our, I'll say in our lifestyle, right. Start to catch on to podcasts more and more. There's, there's so many more out there now from when I started. And I think even from when you started, Um, it's just exploded, you know, and it's, it's niching down more and more, whether that be into, you know, kayak fat fishing, kayak, freshwater fishing, kayak, saltwater fishing, bass fishing, you know, whatever it is, there's ones dedicated to walleye. I mean, there is a, if there's something in podcasts that you want to know about, even if it's outside of the outdoor hunting, fishing arena, I mean, you can niche down as, as small as you want to. And I think, in our industry, it's really helping. It's really helped open the door to uh, not only promoting our, you know, our lifestyle and our sport that we we love so much, but also sharing knowledge. Because I think <clears throat> in our industry, it was really tight lipped for a long time, and people mm-hmm. would save things for TV shows or YouTube videos or stuff like that. But now there's really no hiding anything anymore, and especially with you know, the way the tournaments have changed, had to head fishing, things like that. It's about getting as much knowledge out there as fast as we can. And I think that, you know, podcast was really a huge wedge in the door to opening that, that floodgate. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then once, once, uh, COVID hit, it was funny because you could tell, like looking back upon it, you could tell when people started getting bored <laughs> because all of a sudden I would, re- I, I think I got, Probably the three or f- three to four first months of everybody being locked down in the houses and, you know, all that stuff where, you know, are people not going to work? I received 12, 11 or 12 different messages or text messages, phone calls, whatever, from people that wanted to start a podcast. It was funny. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can tell, you know, you look back and you're like, that's about the time they started getting bored. Right. They weren't sure what they were going to do, so let's start a podcast, you know? And I think out of that 12, there might be two that are still going. Oh, well, that that actually stays with the trends, even before COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, that stays with the trends. Well, seven seven episodes is the number of episodes that you either keep doing it or you quit. Most, most podcasts end at seven episodes or by seven episodes. Why do you think that is? Uh, they figure out they don't have enough time. Uh, they don't, they don't realize how much work it is and they think they're going to make money right away. Yeah. You know, oh, I've been doing this seven episodes is like, you know, two months. Well, why am I not making any money? You know, or, well, you know, it does take a long time, (laughs) you know, or nobody's listening. Um, but yeah, it's that, that it's a combination of a lot of it, I think. Um, 
but yeah, it was, it kind of reached the point to where me and another guy were like, you know, I'm going to quit telling people to start a podcast because everybody's like during that period anyway, because everybody wanted to start a podcast. Everybody wanted to start a podcast. And those that did, very few of them were, I mean, I, I don't want to be a dickhead, but most of them suck because right. they're, you know, I mean, we tell people, hey, if you want to start a podcast, start talking into your phone and, and put it out there. Well, we stopped saying that because people were literally doing that. And you can't hear what they're saying. There's background <laughs> noises, this, that, and the other. They weren't like practicing. You could tell that they just started talking into a phone. And it's like, well, you sh don't have to put everything out. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, you could have talked into the phone and done another one and talked in the, until you really get it. But yeah, it was just kind of funny that everybody's like, oh, I'm doing nothing. Let's start a podcast. <laughs> you know, the other thing too is like you can see people's twist personalities, whatever their mark is on during their podcast too. So like, mm -hmm. you know, for you, you're really good with the live stuff. You're really good at hosting um you know, live events, keep the audience engaged, keep the, the, the show going along. And then there's other podcasts that have other different niches of whatever that is, but it's really an art thing. It's really an artistic touch on whatever it is. So like, you know, a lot of the times for me, it's like, if I can, I really like the backstories behind anglers, you know, and things like that, like the reasons of why they got into fishing and how, if I can pull that out into how that formulated or molded them into how they fish nowadays those backstories and things like that are a lot of fun to me when i start to talk about them and that's how we can go down rabbit holes that's how i can get them to talk about techniques to feel comfortable the sharing information and things like that i would say that's kind of my artistic touch or you know imprint on the way i do my podcast but it's great because there's something for everybody out there and if there's a you know a style that you like you can go over there where they're really loud obnoxious and if you want something more serious you know you can you, you can do that route as well but that's it, it's super cool and i think sometimes some folks try to overthink it or emulate somebody else and that's when they can kind of they can get burned out or they just don't know where to go and then episode 8 comes along and they don't know what to do yeah yeah. Uh, I find myself somewhere in between Joe Rogan and Stray Casts. Stray Casts? I don't know if I've heard of that one yet. Oh, Stray Casts? That's with uh, uh, Pat and the Ginger Ninja and all that stuff. And they've got Fighter and, you know, it's a bass fishing podcast. And Pat is, he, I mean, he's a wild man. Right. Just a wild man, you know, and they just have an absolute ball. They're laughing all the time and he's, you know, poking fun at them. And, you know, I mean, it's just a party. It's a party of a podcast. They live stream on Wednesdays. They're, they're probably live here in a couple minutes. Um, but they're like the, the, you know, they, you, they're the wild ones. And then you got Rogan who's, you know, tries to have a deep intellectual conversation all the time and that, and I'm somewhere in the middle. Right. <laughs> you know, we all have so, our, yeah, we all have our heroes that we look up to in the podcast world. It doesn't have to be hunting and fishing, but yeah, it, it, it's fun, man. And I think, I really think they're here to stay. And I, the other thing, the, the thing that I really like about it too, is a lot of it isn't produced, which I mean, what I mean by that is it's not pushing an agenda or a narrative for the most part, because a lot of it is unregulated. And especially like you said, you like to have guests on that don't have big sponsorships. They don't have to go on there and say X, Y, and Z all the time. Something that you've heard them say a million times. You can have real people on there having real conversations about what works, what doesn't. Yeah. It's just more yeah. relatable. Yeah. I just had, I, I mean, you know, people ask me, you know, how much editing do you do? I'm like, have you ever seen a live, a live stream? Yeah. <laughs> I've watched Like you've watched it all the way through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'll hear the exact same thing. Right. You like hit, you hit record, I, stop, upload. Basically, yeah. And there's some people that say that, but it's complete bullshit. Like you can tell sometimes just by listening to it and like, oh, wait, that doesn't sound right. Uh, where they did, you know, editing and stuff like that. No, me, I, I, I have cut out. Oh, I've cut out some dead space, some dead air, whilst you know, we were having technical issues, and I did cut out one name that was said on the podcast because the guy, after he said it, he's like, can you take out that name? 
And, and I was like, yeah, no problem. Because as he was telling the story, I'm like, I don't know if we should have the name connected to this just out of respect. Right. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, and that was, God, that was a long time ago. That was a long, long time ago. Maybe if within the first 10 episodes or so. But other than that, I mean, I just put it out there. I clean up, you know, I find a good st- spot to start and good spot to end and clean up that. But that's mainly just, you know, a little bit of this, that, and the other. Um, nothing serious. But other than that, it's, I just, for the audio version, I just take the audio and put it in, the, you know, the program and put it out to the airwaves. And, you know, it, it works out good because everybody knows now that, especially doing the virtual stuff, they expect some technical glitches, you know, and, and this and that. So that's not that big of a deal if that happens. But people are getting better at being interviewed because we had COVID and there were so many guys that were in the industry that they couldn't go to events. So they were doing virtual stuff, you know, right. it's like for shields or some other store or, you know, company X, Y, Z and this and that and the other. And so many podcasts and YouTube people that they still wanted to put stuff out, but they couldn't do it, uh, you know, in person. So they're like, Hey, you know, you want to join me via zoom and we'll do it that way. So, Right. Yeah. It seems to get the word out fast too about things, topics, lures, or things that they want to get out immediately. Podcasts right. are a great way to get them out super fast. Yeah. 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 Going back to <laughs> people in this industry, you know, like just your normal people or whatever, getting people to understand what podcasts are is kind of funny. Yeah. Because I, I still don't think it's hit the hunting and the fishing industry as much as the outside you know, other podcasts or whatever people, you know, hunters, hunters and fishermen are kind of a, a strange folk where it's like, yeah, I love doing it, but eh, I don't know if I want to watch it or listen to it. <laughs> yeah. But everybody has, here's the thing that they don't realize for, I would say 90% of the people, even in the hunting and fishing world, no matter what your age have some type of smartphone, right? Mm-hmm. All you, I mean, the biggest thing is just hitting the subscribe button. And I know right. that sounds extremely like, it, it, when you say it, it's like, you feel like you're asking a lot. Like a lot of YouTubers say hit the subscribe button, all that kind of stuff. But literally after you hit subscribe, you really don't have to worry about finding shows or looking for episodes because they're going to pop up. And then you can cipher through the ones you want to listen to or you don't want to listen to. So you don't have to go searching for anything because it's going to pop up on your phone automatically as soon as a new one comes out. And I think that's what would be very, very important to get folks to do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I've, I've kind of gone the route of, I'm going to say it every great once in a while. Right. Hey, hit that, you know, make sure you subscribe and da, 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 da. Just because it's like, you know, Marty bombarding them with three to four sponsors at the beginning of the show and this and that and the other. And every once in a while, it's like, hey, go check out the merch store and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, eh, if they're listening and they listen to the whole thing, they're going to subscribe, you know, and it's it's like if somebody listens to one episode and that's all they listen to or they might listen to like part of a few episodes, it's like, yeah, they could subscribe, but they're not engaged enough. So the ones that are listening to it at least halfway through, they're going to subscribe anyway. Right. So as long as you put out good content, people are going to subscribe. Right. You know, I mean, if they, if they like you, if they like what the, what you are doing, they're going to subscribe, they're going to follow you, social medias and this and that and like stuff and share stuff and they're going to do it anyway. So I've kind of gone the route of, I'll say it every great once in a while for new people that might be listening and then you do a few episodes and then they're like, oh yeah, I'll subscribe, you know, that kind of deal. Just kind of that extra push. But I don't know. For me, I, I, I'm still along the lines of as long as the show is growing, I'm happy. I don't need it to go from zero to 60 overnight. I need it to go zero, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Right. You know, I don't want to blow, blow up overnight. Not that I'm saying I wouldn't take it if all of a sudden I had 20,000 listens an episode and, (laughs) you know, 50,000 followers or whatever. That'd be cool. But then you have to maintain that. Right. Yeah. Do you feel that pressure to put something like, how does that pressure change for you over the years of putting out the podcast? Uh, 
as far as like putting out episodes every week or every so often or were just as the show has grown like i mean i guess i mean it's a good time to talk about it because you've recently made an announcement on social media that something big's coming in july if you want to talk about that we can get into it but how oh, yeah. how has the pressure changed for you or maybe it hasn't as the podcast has grown throughout the two and a half years like as, as it had it has the live element like changed anything for you to be like man I'm, I'm really trying to talk about this or i feel pressured to have you know this type of person on or you just kind of throwing out whatever you find would be relevant the longer i do the show the less pressure i get oh that's good yeah i yeah, don't i would agree I contact, I don't, I, every once in a while I'll take, you know, somebody will send me, Hey, you should have this guy on. Right. And right. I'll take, uh, and I'll, that's cool. I'll look at the person and go, yeah, maybe, you know, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I put out shows that I want to put out. To, I mean, this is very Joe Rogan-esque, you know, at least, you know, well, that's what he says anyway, whether or not maybe somebody's paying him to be on the show, who knows? Sometimes that's what happens. I have yet to be paid <laughs> by somebody to be on the show. Uh, but I only talk to people that I want to talk to. That's right. No, I, no, I think that's important. So that makes it less pressure on me because I want to talk to the person anyway. I want to talk to a falconer. I want to talk to a trapper. I want to talk to a fisherman. You know, I want to, I try to somewhat stay a little relevant to the time of year, kind of, sort of, like I might go for a couple extra hunters in hunting season, but you know, I just kind of flip through the old Facebook feed or Instagram feed and, or that's the friends lists, the text messages. And I'm like, Hey, you know, you want to come join us on the show. Right. All right. Yeah. So I don't find the only pressure I feel is like two minutes before we hit go. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's when the lights come on. (laughs) Yeah. That's only like the technical stuff. Like, okay. Are we good? Is everything recording? Is everything, you know, is this, is the internet good? Is the mic, are the mics good? Does everybody sound okay? Da, da, da. Once I hit go and then a little music plays for a minute or so. And then I cut that out and it's what's up everybody. How you doing? Smackdown outdoors podcast, blah, 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 blah. Right. That's it. But yeah, pressure. I don't feel pressure. And I don't feel pressure because here's the thing. People feel pressure because they have to, they, they feel like they have to succeed and they have to get bigger right away. You know, right away it's, we've got to, you know, put up big numbers and and this and that. And and it's like, for me, I'm going to outlast everybody. That's right. That's the thing. I'm going to do this as long as I possibly can. And, you know, everybody that's got a podcast now, okay, that's cool. You're doing it now. Are you going to do it in five years and 10 years and 15 years and 20 years? I mean, for me, it's a long-term thing that I want to keep doing and I want to be around (laughs) to see other people disappear. You know, my buddy and I were having a conversation about that because he was asking me, he's like, you know, how long are you going to do this thing for? You know, kind of like almost like saying like, you know, basically like, when are you going to quit? And I was like, I don't see myself ever doing it. Like I, 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 I didn't get into it to monetize it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, if that comes down the road or whatever that happens, that's great. But like, for me, it's like, it's, I'm just talking to people and that's what I've, you know, the reason why I started it was the whole thing was like, when you move to a new area, you know, folks are tight lipped about fishing. They did not want to talk about where the fish were at, you know, especially from being an out of towner when I moved up north. They did not want to talk to me about, you know, how to fish the body of water, where to go, all that kind of stuff. And so when I started this thing, I started it to get people to open up about fishing. And, you know, that's been my intent the entire time. And it's a way to document those findings or those things that I pull out of people or those techniques that we talked about or those backstories that hopefully can be relatable to people. And that's what I want to continue to lay down is, you know, that kind of agenda. Right. So if you said you, I mean, if someone was like, I want to start a podcast because, you know, I'm looking to make 13, you know, $1,300 a month or whatever it is. That's great to have goals. Don't get me wrong, but that's where that pressure and that's where that authenticity I think can start to be found to be fake. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're, I mean, like I said, I, I, 
I love teaching people stuff. And that's why I got into this because I wanted to still teach people and I'm just good behind a microphone. And <clears throat> I know enough people in the industry where I can have people come in basically every week for the past two and a half years, sometimes even twice. Uh, one time I had three episodes a week. You know, it's I want to teach people stuff. And right. I try to at least even if even if the show is a complete shit show where we are doing nothing but just talking out of our backsides the entire time about random stuff. I always try to get at least one nugget of some sort of knowledge of the outdoors. So right. we can teach somebody something about the outdoors. And if you know, if somebody asks me, yeah, so how long are you going to do this? <clears throat> are we done? Are we done learning? That's right. Are we are we done teaching? That's right. I don't think so. <laughs> so I mean, the day that we can say we we're done learning about the outdoors, I guess I'll shut her down. But well, that's why you, that's why I say it's a lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like you don't just want to get into it because it's fashionable or something like that. If I mean, it is a lifestyle. If it's the way it's the way you think, it's the it's your actions you do, it's the way how you spend your free time. It's what you know what I mean. Like it is a lifestyle. It's it's like almost who you are, and you know to a certain extent. Oh yeah! If you ask nine out of you know nine out of ten people out there that have ever heard of me, they'll say, "Oh, the guy that does a podcast." Right. Not oh yeah, he's a tournament fisherman, or yeah, he's a deer hunter, or blah blah blah. You know, oh yeah, yeah, he's the guy with the podcast that I see everywhere, and it annoys the hell out of me every Tuesday night because there's forty five people sharing it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that my 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 newsfeed all night. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that if you're gonna do it. If you're going to do a podcast, there's there's two routes you take. One, you get together whenever you can with whoever you can and you just put it out and whatever, right? Right. Or two, you turn it into a lifestyle that's part of your weekly or however often you're going to do it schedule and that's it. I mean, it's what you're going to be known for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, it's something that, I'm okay at it. Uh, people watch it still. They listen to it still. And I'm going to keep doing it until I don't have to anymore. Right. So well, good as long man. as I don't win the lottery, I'll keep doing it, I guess. <laughs> then if you but win the lottery, you can, yeah, I was going to say, you could put out more episodes than if you win the lottery. Well, I, I keep telling my wife, I'm like, you know, <laughs> if by some chance I don't have to work anymore, yeah, people are really going to be annoyed because I'm going to be all the time, like multiple different shows and, and you know, every day kind of thing. Like, it's what I'm going to do or, you know, so it's bad enough now because I do it at least once a week, sometimes twice with the Make Fish Famous. Plus me and the wife, we're actually doing a podcast on Disney World and Disney because we go down there and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So we do a little podcast, just me and her talking about that stuff. We actually recorded one this afternoon. Um, and then I'm actually looking to add at some point, I want to do just a podcast that's not hunting or fishing related, just kind of the, you know, the Rogan open discussion doesn't matter who it is just because there's so many people that I meet that I want to talk to and get them on a mic, but I don't have that podcast yet. Sure. You know, they don't hunt, they don't fish. I'm like, well, what's the point? Put it in a vault somewhere and maybe do it. But so I'm looking to add a third show, you know, and then I'm editing a show for somebody else and this and that and the other. So it's definitely a business. And I mean, I've, I've, you know, Smackdown Outdoors and Make, Make Fish Famous are both trademarked. Smackdown Outdoors is an LLC. It actually has been since 2011 or 12. So when I started the whole YouTube thing and that failed. So, so talk about your new venture that you announced on, um, on, uh, social media that's coming yeah. this July. Actually, uh, tomorrow. well, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's up on their thing yet, but I, I can talk about it all I want. Uh, I'm now the SmackDown outdoors podcast and everything is now part of the waypoint TV outdoor collective. So, Waypoint TV has an app that has, I think, f close to 40 or more podcasts right now. It's got TV shows, hunting, fishing, all outdoor stuff. Um, you can watch their TV uh, TV shows live. It's a live thing. So if you want to watch some fishing or hunting or whatever, turn it on. And it's just like TV where it's, you know, such and such show is on at 3 o'clock. 
But uh, yeah, I'm joining that and that'll be cool. You know, hopefully it uh, helps get the word out there. I can work with the other people in the collective to get them as guests and me be on their show and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Kind of like, you know, you're, are you still part of the Sportsman's Nation? Yep. Yep. Still part yep. of the Sportsman's Nation. So, so yeah. yeah, it sounds like a similar kind of thing. You guys yep, got a sim- lot more shows. There's a, I'm on the website right now. There's a ton of things on here, a ton of content. Yeah. 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 And I can put the, I'm not going to do it yet. Uh, I can put the live streams on there later on as videos, but uh, it's, yeah, a little more money, so I'm gonna wait, hold off, see how the the audio does, and and if that does well, then we'll think about putting that on there. But for now, you can still find them on Facebook and YouTube and everything. So I'm like, eh, I don't need to spend <laughs> extra money to put the video somewhere else. So right. So but, if, yeah, if folks were to find you on here, because like when you go on here, they have categories like hunting, fishing, things like that. Like, are you gonna be under both then for SmackDown Outdoors? Uh, well, I think. I don't know how that works yet. I think, do they have, is it split? I haven't looked at it in a while. I haven't looked that in depth to it. No, it's, it will, they, you can like click on an icon and it'll take you one way or another, or I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you'll probably just be underneath the podcast one, which is just, yeah, yeah. It'll know. just be, in, it'll be in a, just a podcast. Yeah. Cause so. then there's one that's like live, all that kind of stuff, but yep. there's a ton, yep. ton of content on here. Well, that's awesome, man. Like, uh, so how did this come about? Is this just something that you've, you know, a direction that you've always wanted to take the show? Well, uh, Dale Luganbill, Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I work with him all the time. We're on each other's shows and everything. He's been part of this for a while. Um, but I had contacted them when he uh, went over there and got some – just kind of see, you know, what it would be about and this and that and the other. And that was, I don't know, a year or so ago. And I did a – live stream with Eric Clark. We're just dropping all sorts of podcast names. So write, write these down. People. Yeah, everybody come on. We're giving, uh, <laughs> giving you layups here. Yeah. Eric, Eric Clark from where to hunt podcast. He was on my show and I get an email, I don't know, the next day or so from waypoint going, Hey, you know, we saw you on, you know, with Eric and this and that and the other, we'd like to invite you to join waypoint, the waypoint outdoor collective. Um, so I, I did, it wasn't a right away thing. Uh, for me to say, yeah, I'm in hundred percent because it is more money for me to put my podcast there than on just Podbean to where I typically sure. do. So, you know, I had to weigh the, is it worth it to spend more money to hopefully get more people to listen and this and that and the other, but you know, I finally decided, you know what, every once in a while you have to take a chance. That's right, man. You got to invest money in your you know, business or your yeah. passion or something like that to take it to the next level. Right, right. And I'm like, well, it's a year contract. If it doesn't work out and it's just bombing, I can call them up and go, hey, look, it's bombing. I'm out. <laughs> so it's a year contract, but at the same time, you can get out if you need to. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to work out just by working with the rest of the podcasters and, and TV people. I mean, you know, there's there's a Facebook group that we're all in. So you can go, Hey, I need a guest who wants to be a guest, this, that, and the other. So I think by that, it's going to, it's, it's really going to help be able to get more guests, different guests from outside of Minnesota. Right. Which is one thing that I kind of struggle with a little bit just because I know so many people here, it's easy to get guests, but I need to spread out outside of Minnesota and the, and the Midwest. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I, I've done that on my show a few times. I've had people all the way out from Washington, you know, Utah, Arizona, things like that. It's a lot of fun and you learn a lot too. The way that folks fish, just the way they perceive fishing, you know, again, their stories, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty damn cool. And it's a cool country that we live in, the best country. So, oh, yeah. you know, for us to get out there and explore other bodies of water, if you're going out, let's say for a business trip out West and you can relate to, someone fishing out there, you know, if you can pull some knowledge out of people like that, uh, you know, if you've got a downtime in the afternoon or something like that, go fish a new body of water, buy a, you know, a license for a day, whatever it costs, like 10, 15 bucks. Most of the time, I think in the state of Michigan, it's like 10 bucks. Right. I mean, to go fish for an afternoon and things like that. It's, it's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I figured, you know what, let's do it and we'll join the collective and see what happens. 
So I'm sure it'll work out at the end. Yeah, man. It sounds like a good deal. I, I mean, the website's well put together. There's a lot of great content on here and uh, looks like very professional, I'd say. Yeah, no, they, they, they seem to do a real good job. And Dale, you know, he's, he's happy. He's part of it. So, you know, like I lean on, you know, leaned on him. I'm like, so they sent me an email. What do you say? <laughs> you know, is it worth it? And he goes, dude, you might as well. Right. <laughs> he's like, take the shot. Just by having all these people at your fingertips, you know, through a Facebook message is going to be worth it to get those, those guests on. So, but yeah, I'm excited about it. So it, uh, yeah, they will be, I'm guessing after, after, uh, uh, 4th of July here, they're going to get it all set up and you know, on all that stuff where I'm on the, actually on the app and on the website and, and all that stuff. So it's just, we just started switching everything over from Podbean to megaphone is what they use to put the, uh, the episodes on and this and that. So there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for that, but it seems pretty simple. Um, that's a pain if you ever have to do that is oh to switch God. everything over. <laughs> I don't even want to go down that. I don't. That was a nightmare for about three months with me and Dan from uh, the Sportsman's Nation. It is, yeah. It is like it's it's brain it's damn near brain surgery. Oh yeah. Well, megaphone it grabbed all the episodes, at least the titles for most of them. Yeah. But I actually had to go and re-upload, and thank God I saved them. I had to find them on a on an external hard drive I had laying around. But a bunch of the older episodes, it didn't take the audio file from Podbean to put it onto megaphone so i had to re-upload them all <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> jesus christ i mean i mean yeah i will n- i'd never want to go through that ever again that was rough but that's just podcast talk for everybody listening out there pat nerd stuff but yeah back to uh, regular scheduled fishing talk. <laughs> <laughs> hey before you know before we you know wrap this thing up you know you had talked about going into this next tournament fourth of july week and doing a little bit of pre-fishing water temperatures are warming up Yep. How does that, how does your game plan change when it comes to, um, getting those fish to bite those bass to bite? I mean, it's like, are you switching to top water now this time of year when it gets really warm? When top water definitely comes into play, but it is lake dependent. It's area dependent. It's spot dependent. Really. It's just finding the structure that they're going to be on. Um, you know, water temp, I mean, they're going to be shallow. They're still going to, I mean, they're going to be all over the place. I mean, they're going to be shallow. They're going to be deep. Um, if it's sunny out, always look for structure with, you know, weeds or shade, so docks and, and stuff like that. But the lake we're fishing is pretty shallow. It's, I think the whole lake is under 20 foot deep. Oh, wow. Entire, yeah. So like it's a bass kinda, mecca. Right. Yeah. And a lot of weeds and this and that. So I'm basically, to, when I get out there Saturday, um, I am just going to scan and map the entire lake. Okay. Like that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to burn up gas all day long. I'm going to fish probably 10%. If I find something that's really, really fishy and I just can't help myself, but I'm just going to map and side scan the entire lake to look for those little odd pockets of stuff. You know, I mean, docks are docks. You can start at a dock and fish every dock and you'll end up catching some fish. But it's going to be, you're going to find those, those bigger fish in those little spots, you know, that are overlooked by everybody else. You know, a little clump of milfoil or a little patch of rocks with, you know, or, or a little bit of hard bottom next to some good, you know, good weeds or something. Uh, or, you know, way back into some real super shallow stuff where they're hanging out under the lily, the lily pads. So for me, I, the more that I've... It's going to sound real funny, but the less during pre-fishing that I fish, the better that I have fished. Yeah, I think that's very difficult for people, especially weekend warriors. I mean, like myself. I mean, you have such limited time on the water. I get it. But if you want to be very successful on that, it might be less with the rod in your hand and more behind the the tiller or the wheel with your face buried in the graph, if that's how you want to put it. Even if it's a body of water that you fish all the time, you're, if you're not out there every day, it's like, yeah, you can kind of narrow it down, but at the same time, you have to spend a lot of time fi- figuring out where those fish are at or else you're just going to be wasting your precious time that you do have the limited amount that you do have when you're on the water. Right. Now, if I was just fishing for fun, I'd go out, I'd do a little scanning, little mapping, 
you know, I'd look at the map and I go, okay, there's a point there. I'll go fish that, see what I can find, you right. know, <laughs> maybe map it, da, 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 da. But I learned, you know, I, I asked, uh, Jason Shakurit. He's a NWT walleye pro and he's just a beast. I mean, the dude, he, he is top level, top 10 type of guy. Yep. Year in, year out. And we were at a conference once and he was up there with Sprangle, Corey Sprangle, given, given a, a thing on jigging and whatnot, seminar on jigging. And I asked him, I said, Hey, when you're pre-fishing, what's the percentage that you're actually fishing to just mapping and scanning and stuff? And I think he said he was around 80, 20 mapping, scanning was like 80, 20% fishing. And that right there was like the light, the, the switch. Right. And he explained why he goes, look, I can, I know that if I'm out mapping and I see, you know, a bunch of gravel, blah, 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 whatever, you know, whatever walleye stuff he's looking for. He goes, if I see the structure I'm looking for, I know that I can catch fish on that structure. I don't need to fish it. I know that if they're there, I can catch them. Right. Well, for them, it's finding the right fish. Exactly. So, you know, for him, it's, he's just out there looking at these lakes going, okay, where is the fishy structure? You know, where is that gravel to mud transition? Where is that rock pile? Where is that weed edge? This, that, and the other. And as he's going along, scanning, side imaging, down imaging, all that good stuff, he's just sitting there marking spots, marking spots, marking spots. And then maybe on the second day, he goes out and he checks those spots. He actually does fish those spots. But by spending one day just mapping it, he, he took a ton of water away. Right. That he'll never have to go on because it didn't have anything that the fish would be attracted to. So the more that I have, you know, the less that I have fished during at least that first day of pre-fishing, the more fish I have caught because I'm covering less water during the time I actually have to fish. I'm just going from spot to spot and fishing. Now, now that you're getting more into not that you haven't been in the past but now that you're doing these fishing tournaments and things like that how important is it to have live scope active imaging whatever your brand is that you use it is very lake dependent um some lakes you don't need it i mean technically do you need it to catch fish no you also don't need side imaging 2d you can just go out and drag some stuff around and get lucky right but the, this, the, the whole panoptics thing, some lakes you literally do not need it. I mean, if it's a, if it's a shallow bite where you're just banging the banks because they're all under docks, under lily pads, da-da-da-da-da, you don't need it because you're just moving the – you're just buzzing down there with a the trolling motor. You know, your trolling motor's in gear, and you're just cast, 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 cast. Where it really comes into play is when they're out in open water and they're, sus- and, and they're suspended. Um, that's where it really comes into play yeah. or they're on a ledge or something, you know, where it'll pick them up, but they, it'll pick them up somewhat in the weeds. But, you know, if you're punching milfoil all day, you're just running the bank, punching milfoil. You're not, you'd, you'd be better off just put the trolling motor on high and just punch your way down, you know, right. or flip down. So, yeah. Do you feel like you're, do you feel like. This is a weird question. Do you feel like the for, do you feel like the fishing industry or these companies are almost forcing it down our throats where it's almost like we feel like we have to have it? 100%. Yeah, cuz I feel like it's to the point where it's like But here's the thing, here's the thing. They're also forcing us to buy 70-80,000 boats. Yeah. They're also forcing us to buy 2-3-400 rods, 2-300 reels. Uh, line that's 30 bucks for 150 yard spool, um, you know, tungsten, you have to have tungsten, you know, drop shot weights and this and that and the other. I mean, it's, we need to, we need to remember that they're a company that's trying to make money and they're going to try to push us to buy the most expensive stuff. You can't blame them. If you, if I had a business where I was selling beer cans, You're goddamn right. I'm, I'm going to be pushing the golden, the, the 24 karat gold beer can. Well, I guess I meant more. Oh. I, I, the other thing, too, is like more of like you're at a disadvantage if you don't have live scope. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah. you know, it's like, that's a big ask for people to to put that on their 
you know, take that well, kind of coin out and put it on your boat, man. It is. It is. Um, I've always said that, look, if I am a tournament fisherman or a guide who my living depends on me catching fish, I'm going to have every bell and whistle on my boat. It's going to be the biggest, baddest boat. I'm going to spend the most money on everything because I want to, I need to be able to have every tool in the boat that will help me catch a fish. On the other hand, um, if you look at John Cox, the dude just put a front graph on his boat last year, maybe, maybe this year. Uh, he's an elite series. Plus, he he fish. He's actually fishing three circuits this year. He's fishing the BASS elites. He's fishing the uh, MLF, and then he's fishing an FLW, I think. Right. And he is a shallow water fisherman. So what does he even need a graph for? Doesn't really even need a graph up front. Doesn't need a sonar up front. He just bang, bangs the banks, and he does really, really, really well. I think he's won once this year alone. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, it definitely comes into play. There's been tournaments that have won, been won because of panoptics or whatever. But then there's guys that, you know, just go out there and just catch fish because they just know how to catch fish. It's like the old dude in the river. Dude, yeah, yeah, the, that's what I was going to get to with this the thing. 14 or 12-foot John boat with a nine-horsepower motor on it. Next thing you know... He passed you in the morning, and an hour later, he's passing you again because he's going to the boat ramp because he's already caught his fish for the day. Right. And I'm not saying it's right <laughs> or wrong whether you have these things on yeah. your boat or not. I think it's totally up to you. I think, they're, I think they're, you know, it's phenomenal that they, these technologies exist. What my, what my concern is or what I don't want to see go away is the instinctual side of fishing that I think is super important because if you rely too heavily on technology – you know, you're kind of losing that feel of fishing and it's more of like a, I guess, pure side of me or whatever that I'm kind of alluding to, but it's just interesting to hear people's perspective on it and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I just wanted to get your opinion as you were kind of getting more and more into these bass leagues. Do you feel the pressure of like having a live scope on your boat? Does everyone have it now? I just was curious from your point of view, what you're seeing. I'd much rather have 360 on my boat. Okay. Much rather have that, especially after I've fished with it. Because 360, Humminbird 360, it's like side scan, but you pull up to your spot, drop your trolling motor. They, they have one for the back of the boat too, but bass fishermen weren't smart enough to actually do the math between the back of the boat and the front of the boat. So it would throw off on the mapping how far <laughs> away you actually were. Oh, it's 20 feet away. Okay, so they'd cast 20 feet. Well, actually 20 feet is right below them because the 360 wasn't on the back of the boat. So that's why they made the one for the front. But that one there, what it does is it, it will show you in a, a big giant circle all the way around what the bottom looks like. So you can look at it and go, okay, there's a rock off, you know, 10 o'clock, 22 feet away. You cast to that rock. There's a patch in the weeds at 230, 33 feet away. You cast to that patch, in that open patch in the weeds. Or just a little clump of this or a little clump of that. So it takes like what your sky, side scan shows, but it just shows all the way around the boat while you're sitting in that one spot. And that right there, we did in our last tournament, Clay has it. Actually, funny story, Clay has it on his boat. My tournament partner did, does. But in the second tournament, we had to use my boat because he was having some motor problems. So we took his 360, put it on my boat, and actually ran it off of, if you don't mind me shouting out a sponsor here. Yeah, go ahead. Off of the ice hole power box that I have, the bad mofo. So we were actually hooked it up to that, and it ran it all day long. Ran that and the the uh, he had a twelve inch uh, helix that we ran. Um, but so we actually caught fish because of that because we pulled up to a spot. Every spot we pull up to, we drop it, and it shows you exactly where the hard bottom was, where the weeds were, so you're not wasting any casts. You know, so where panoptics or a front or, you know, live, everybody's got their own, whatever you want to call Glyscope. it, you still have to scan that thing around and it's just 2D sonar in front of your boat. It's not showing you where the rock is, where the this is, where the that is. Just like where suspended that, in space, basically. Yeah, it shows you where the suspended fish are if they're off the bottom, but it's not showing you the bottom. 
and all the different features on the bottom where the 360 actually does. And especially for bass fishing up shallow or even out deeper, that is huge because you're casting to that specific spot where that structure or that fish is going to be. Basically, the, basically, it's showing you the live scope is just showing you the water column. Yeah. Yeah. Between. It's, know, it's taking your 2D sonar and taking it and angling it straight out. Right. So you can see in front of you and to the sides of you just the water, though. Yeah, it's not showing you where the fish might actually be. Now, it does, like I said, there are some bodies of water where it's going to come into play and you're going to win because you had that on your boat. But, I mean, it's... Doug, by the time I get all these new technologies on my boat, it's like doubles the price of my boat that I paid for my boat. My boat was $22,000, <laughs> and with one trolling motor and one graph, it ended up being $30,000 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> after tax title license. I mean, there's you know $6,000 worth of electronics on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I even pay that for my first vehicle in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of these things where if you've got the money and you want to buy it, buy it and put it on there. Yeah, but, man. More power to you. Like I said, I'm not either. I'm not for or against it. I would just like to hear people's perspective on it. And, you know, uh, that's the reason why I ask you is because there's listeners out there that are listening to this that contemplate these decisions sometimes, and it's just great to hear everyone's perspective. It's like, you know, fast-forwarding down the forum to figure out what everybody's saying. Right. I mean, when I, when I got my boat... And I turned on side imaging and I actually learned how to use side imaging. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Cause I can actually see these weeds and these rocks and these, you know, the rocks. Everybody's like, oh yeah, there's a rock spine out there. Okay. I, I don't get it. When you hit it with the, with the side imaging and you actually see that you passed over this rock spine and there's a, you know, on both sides of the boat and how far it goes and da, 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 da. That right there was an, an eye-opening moment going, okay, cool. That's why I'm catching fish in certain spots. And then at the same time, I'm using auto chart live. So mm-hmm. I look at my, you know, Humminbird or uh, my Navionics map chip or whatever. And it's like, okay, there's a point there. Well, you all of a sudden start mapping that thing. You go back and forth, back and forth, up and down sideways. And you map, you really, really detailed map it out. And you start seeing, yeah, it's a point. But why do I? Why did I catch fish right there consistently on that point? Well, there's a little cut in, you know, a little in cut in on that point there, or it drops off harder on that side or something. There's a ton of different spots where I go out and catch fish all day long, and I know that that's why I go to these spots. But once I got the side imaging and the and the and the mapping, that's where you really put two and two together, and you know what people need to do with technology is take it and then learn from it. Okay. So we caught fish there. Why, you know, why did we catch fish there? Yeah. Why are they relating to that, that piece of structure down there? That's the thing you had to ask yourself. And if you, if you figure that out, when you go to other bodies of water, you go to a different spot on the lake, you're going to be looking for those things on your graph. Exactly. And that's, that's where the learning process comes. And I, you know, my, I've had this conversation so many times on my show where you know, people are like, oh, you learn a lot. I go, okay, did you, did you, did you actually learn? Like, did you actually look at all your mapping and this and that and the other and go, this is why I caught it, caught fish there? Or was it, you're just saying it because you make it feel better. <laughs> right. And that's right. where I really fear that people are just, they're, they're forgetting how to catch fish because they don't have to, because they've got all the electronics. Right. Yeah. That's uh, when I was alluding to earlier, the instinctual side or the learning side of it. Yeah that I don't want to disappear with the, like where folks feel like they have to have these technologies or wait a couple of years or wait a year or two. These things will go down in value once everybody comes oh, out with their version of it and you'll get it a lot cheaper if you can wait two years or three years and it'll be like totally worth it if it's something that you feel like you have to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, everybody's going to end up having it. My next boat, I'm going to have two or three graphs. I'm going to have... 360 on it will i have a front forward facing you know pan optics one maybe i don't know but you know i'll have everything that i that i want slash somewhat need slash mainly can afford but i'll have as much on there as i can especially if I'm fishing tournaments you know if i'm not fishing tournaments will i get a pan optics no i don't care <laughs> but you know or the hummingbird version at that time but 
yeah, it's, it's, if you want to spend the money, go ahead. I, I don't, you know, that's cool. Help the economy out. That's awesome. <laughs> but don't think that you need it to catch fish. Amen, brother. Yeah. What? I, I, can, I can still go to Mille Lacs and with a 2D sonar, drive over reefs, see fish, drop a bobber, drop a jig on their head and catch them. You know. Yeah. That's how I feel sometimes oh. about Erie. When you go, when I go out on Erie, it's like there's a millions and millions and millions of walleye out there. Right. You know I mean, like I, do I need the latest technology to tell me that I don't believe so. I think that if I can mark fish and mark a pattern of fish of in depths, water temperatures or why they're relating to a certain structure, then I think I'm good to go and I can set up a program. But, right. um, well, it depends on what you want from, from fishing. Are you tournament fishing? Are right. you guiding? Right. Are you a weekend warrior? Right. You know, do you fish once a month? I'm in the weekend warrior. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm halfway in between weekend warrior and tournament guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, good man. Well, Hey, I want to congratulate you again on, uh, I hope this, uh, waypoint TV thing works out for you. Um, folks listening, that's waypointtv.com. Uh, yep. do they have an app too, that you can do it just on your phone? Like a, I, like an iTunes. Yep, they do. Yeah. It's just, uh, go to the, whatever Google or whatever Apple stores are, whatever, and just put in waypoint TV and it looks like a little compass will be the, the logo. And then, yeah, well, I should, I should be on there. Like I said, I think, uh, probably next week, maybe the end of this week or whenever you're, I don't know when you're putting this out, but yeah. So after the, after the 4th of July, it should be up, I think, uh, or very, very soon. In the meantime, there's a bunch of, a bunch of, cool content on there already so yep and if yeah and, and then go on obviously itunes spotify podbean wherever your your show's at right now and they can go through the archives of stuff yeah well they can and and they'll still be able to if they're already listening on itunes or wherever they can still listen to the show that it, it's it will still be everywhere else um but it'll be here uh that's kind of the home base for it but if you're already listening to the show on Spotify, it'll still be on Spotify. Perfect. All right, man. Well, hey, happy 4th of July. Yeah, you too. You going to get out fishing? Yeah, I'm going up to the Parents Lake House and uh, we're going to go out there and continue to do battle on like the clearest lake in the world with no structure and find walleye and smallmouth bass in there. Light fluorocarbon is your friend. And yeah. long, <laughs> long leaders. Yeah, yeah, very long. <laughs> away, away from the boat. Uh-huh, yeah. See, and that's where the panoptics would come in great. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Yeah, see, now you need it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, buddy. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, you too. Thanks, man. All right, see ya. Always love having Doug on the podcast. He's a great dude. Make sure you guys check out his podcast, the SmackDown Outdoor Podcast, and Make Fish Famous, which is now, sounds like, going to be over at Waypoint TV in an app that you can download and check out other shows as well. So make sure you support Doug and his podcast and everything, and I want to thank him for coming on again. As always, folks, head on over to Instagram, Freshwater Bite. Give me a follow, DM, any questions, any topics that you guys want to hear. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening.